Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Holly Sterling, who is the wife of now uh, tragically and unjustly imprisoned CIA whistleblower Jeffrey Sterling. And we will be talking about his story and the growing effort to demand a pardon for him from President Obama. Holly Sterling, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for being on, and I'm very sorry for what has happened to you. For people who have managed not to hear yet, uh, and they have had some help in that regard from much of the, the big media in the United States, what is your husband's story? Jeffrey was a former covert CIA officer um, for approximately 10 years, and approximately a year ago on January 26, 2015, he was um, convicted of seven counts of espionage, um, stating that he had provided classified information to a journalist. How, how is that espionage? Well, um, apparently the information in the book, it was regarding an operation called Operation Merlin that Jeffrey had worked on, which was um, giving blueprints, if you will, to Iran for their um, weapons of mass destruction uh, program. And Jeffrey had determined that um, it could be actually a threat to our country, went to the appropriate channels in 2003 to explain his concern for our country, um, and then subsequently, when the book was written and released in 2006, they went to Jeffrey Sterling as a source of the leak to Mr. Risen. So, so trying to inform the U.S. public about uh, a secretive branch of the U.S. government potentially endangering the United States was somehow prosecuted as espionage on, on behalf of an unstated uh, foreign enemy? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and for for people who don't know the background, this was uh, this operation Merlin was uh, back some fifteen years ago now. Correct me if I'm wrong. And involved the CIA, as you say, giving uh, blueprints and parts lists uh, of a component of nuclear weapons to the Iranians. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. And, and Jeffrey went to the Congress, as as whistleblowers are endlessly advised to do, go through proper channels, go to the Congress and uh, report what's happening, and they'll take care of it. They didn't take care of it, did they? No, they did not, actually. I, um, it is our feeling that they just actually took the information and went, went right back to the CIA with it, instead of uh, protecting Jeffrey as he should be. So a whistleblower ends up putting himself in danger, but not managing to blow the whistle. That's correct. And Jeffrey Sterling already had some problems with higher-ups at the CIA due to his pushback on their discriminatory uh, racial policies. Is that right? That is correct. In 2000, uh, Jeffrey filed a discrimination suit against the CIA, um, it was determined um, in the lower courts that he had substantial information uh, to substantiate his claims of racial discrimination. 
it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Supreme Court invoked state secret privilege, stating that in order for his case to be heard, um, they would have to divulge classified information, yet again, putting our country at potential harm, and um, so they did not allow the case to go through. However, that took approximately from 2000 to 2005 for them to resolve that. Um, and in that time, in about, uh, I believe, 2002, um, Jeffrey did speak with journalist James Risen, who covered his discrimination case. And he is also the author of the book that disclosed Operation Merlin. So um, basically the CIA felt and the government felt that um, you know, Jeffrey was the source of the leak due to his prior um, communication with James Risen. Uh, however, they lacked any tangible information, any evidence whatsoever that Jeffrey, in fact, leaked the information to James Risen, and they knew of various individuals on congressional committees and so forth who very well could have. Is that right? That is correct. Um there actually at the trial there was um, over 90 other um, individuals that um, were briefed on Operation Merlin that could have been the source of the leak. However, not one of those individuals had been um, investigated. The investigation solely focused on Jeffrey. It, it seems to me that if he had gone to a reporter with this information after Congress uh, failing to do its duty, he would have been doing a public service, in my view, uh, not putting the public in any sort of danger. Uh, and meanwhile, we have uh, the top officials at the CIA routinely leaking uh, classified information that improves the, the image of the United States, in their view, rather than embarrassing it, and, uh, or, or impresses their girlfriend, in the case of Mr. Petraeus. Uh, what, I mean, clearly there's not a principled opposition to leaking information, what was the motivation here? Was it that they didn't want the U.S. embarrassed over having given nuclear blueprints to Iran, or they wanted payback uh, against Jeffrey Sterling for having protested racist policies? Actually, I believe it's both. I believe that, um, yes, they were embarrassed by what was printed in the book, and they were trying to salvage the reputation of the CIA. And I also believe that they, um, yes, were trying to punish Jeffrey for going through um, and filing a discrimination suit. And so they took this case uh, to a, a district, the Eastern District in Virginia, uh, where they held uh, the trial last year, and I, I sat in on a little bit of it, um, and there was no actual connection between the case and that district. So to all appearances, it was illegal to take it there. And you, you recently uh, were part of a press conference in Washington, D.C., uh, prior to delivering a petition to the White House. Uh, and I wasn't there, but I watched the video. And uh, John Kiriakou, a former CIA employee himself, uh, said, and I quote, the Eastern District would convict a bologna sandwich if the government told it to. Um, was, was that your impression that that this was a trial that was just going to convict no matter what? Um, I mean, obviously we had hoped that Jeffrey would not be convicted um, as he is innocent. And um, as you had pre uh, previously stated, there's absolutely no um, evidence to state that Jeffrey had done this. Um, so we were hoping 
that the truth, you know, would would come out and he wouldn't be convicted. Um, but yes, you are correct in that um, the fourth district um, court where it was held is pro government, and it was also before. Um, primarily an all-white jury. In fact, I believe out of approximately 110 jurors, there were seven of which were actually African-American, and they were all struck. So, um, and all of the other jurors, or the jurors that served, were actually somehow, um, you know, working for the government currently or had family members or friends. So they basically essentially were all pro government yeah uh, and and all white and very young uh, as they looked to me and I have nothing against young white people I used to be one but uh, it was a it was a strikingly young white jury as I recall um, it, we're speaking with Holly Sterling wife of Jeffrey Sterling a whistleblower on an incredibly reckless CIA operation who's now in prison uh, so Holly what what was the sentence what is, is he? condemned to now, and how has it impacted you and your life and your marriage with Jeffrey? Yes. Well, Jeffrey was, as I said previously, convicted um, on seven counts of espionage, and then there's two other um, counts that are not espionage. So he has a total of nine counts, and he was sentenced to uh, three and a half years in prison. The prison um, is located in Colorado, which is approximately 900 miles from our home in St. Louis. Um, although we had requested that he be uh, detained in a facility that was closer to our home, so, of course, I could um, visit him. Um, that, again, did not happen, and um, I feel, again, that was kind of the government stepping in and stating, you have no rights, and we're just going to place you where we see fit. Um so he went in on June 16th of 2015. Um, it's incredibly difficult every day for myself and for Jeffrey. Obviously, he's um, been incarcerated and he's an innocent man. And um, he is surrounded by child molesters and rapists and murderers and people that um, unfortunately have uh, not obtained not education, many of them are not able to completely read and write. Um, he currently is employed there as a tutor. He makes 26 cents an hour. However, like I said, most of the individuals do not have the skills to actually completely read or write, um, and Jeffrey's tutoring them to take a GED. So it's kind of a vicious circle, and or they have no interest in even learning. Um, I have been able to visit him once a month, since his incarceration, and that is actually due to the wonderful support and gracious donations of strangers all around the world and in our country due to a GoFundMe site set up by our sister-in-law. So that money has been used uh, for me to visit Jeffrey. It also has been used for us to uh, be able to become current on our mortgage as we were in the throes of foreclosure. Um, due to Jeffrey not being able to secure employment since he was arrested on January 6, 2011. So that, um, like I said, the gracious donations of individuals that have not met us but believe in Jeffrey and know that he's innocent has provided the means for us to see each other once a month. 
It's a, it's a ridiculous system, even if they honestly believed he was guilty. There's clearly no interest in rehabilitating him and improving his ways and reintegrating him into society. It's, it's vindictive punishment. Uh, for, for people who want to help, as you're facing many months more of this, potentially, uh, do, do you go to GoFundMe.org and search for Jeffrey Sterling, or how do you find that? Yes, it's, uh, you can go to GoFundMe, and it's the Sterling Family Fund, um, and my sister Lori started that for us. Um, and I would also encourage your um, viewers to please, we are still um, going forward with the petition. It has not been taken down. Uh, we do have right now currently over 150,000 people that have signed. You can find the petition online for the president to pardon Jeffrey immediately at change.org or rootsaction.org. And as, uh, as an employee of RootsAction.org, uh, I can tell you that we will be keeping that on the homepage. So you just go to RootsAction.org and you'll see it there. And somewhere over 50,000 of those 150,000 have signed there. And you should do so as well and get everyone you know to do so. Uh, it, it can have an impact. Uh, you, you are demanding that President Obama issue a pardon, correct? And you've delivered that's, that's the, these correct. to the White House. That is correct. On Wednesday, um, we had a press conference, and following the press conference, we walked to the White House and um, stood outside the White House. Um, Unfortunately, no one uh, was there to actually receive um, the printed out copies of all the signatures. However, they were delivered electronically to the White House, and we did receive confirmation from the White House that they did receive and acknowledge the receipt of them. In the past, I know that uh, they've refused to take large petitions and we have thrown them over the fence and scattered papers all across the grass. Uh, whether that benefited the effort or not, uh, it made a scene, <laughs> but you may, have been, you may have been correct not to take that approach, I don't know. Um, but it, it, the, the president, uh, it, it, this president, seems to be very, very loyal to the CIA, very, very vindictive against whistleblowers, perhaps unprecedented in both of those regards, very close with uh, John Brennan, the director at the CIA, who, uh, tell tell our listeners, who was in fact the individual at the CIA who fired Jeffrey Sterling? It was Mr. Brennan personally. He came down and personally fired Jeffrey Sterling. Is there, is there a realistic hope that enough public pressure can bring Barack Obama around on this? Obviously, historically, as we've seen with um, John Kiriakou, who you had mentioned, and also Thomas Drake, um, they have also, um, you know, initiated pardons and asked for pardons, and subsequently those have, have not come through for them. Um, so if you would base it on that, the answer would be no. Um, however, I still have hope, and I'm going to continue to use whatever venues I have to um, get my husband out of prison and exonerate him. So um, I kind of feel like the squeaky wheel might get an answer. Um, I am not going to let um, you know this die down. And like you said, most of our country is not even aware of what has happened to my husband. And mainly that was because it really became the case about the reporter, Mr. James Risen. Um, and mainstream media was not even following it. And that was demonstrated um, at the trial, if you will. Um, the only time really mainstream press was there was the day with that Condoleezza Rice 
had testified and it was standing room only. Um, and then before and after, during the rest of the two weeks of the trial, um, it was people such as yourself and Norman Solomon and Marcy Wheeler, um, you know, and, and other individuals, but it, it was not mainstream press that was covering it. I, I know that some presidents in the past have pardoned more individuals than they used to on their very last day in office. Uh, so there is that possibility, it would seem, even for this president who uh, seems to also be setting a record in terms of the fewest individuals he's pardoned for anything. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other possibility, it seems to me, although this is, you know, several months away, is that there is going to be a new president. Uh, do you think that people should be demanding that this question be placed before presidential candidates? Will you pardon Jeffrey Sterling if elected president? Would that be strategic at this point or not? Um, I would, you know, would want to discuss that with the other individuals that um, are supporting me and assisting me with this. But, um, I mean, I do think it, it's something that uh, the American people should be um, concerned about is just the overall um, implications of a former CAA government uh, employee standing up for our country um, and trying to protect our country, which is um, what he was assigned and and um, signed up for, um, protecting us. And then ultimately, when he does, he ends up in prison. I think that is uh, really what's extremely disturbing and concerning. And the fact that um, he was charged with espionage for merely communicating to a journalist um, is, is very scary. It is indeed. We, we know that in the case of a whistleblower who has been more in the news, Edward Snowden, that Senator Bernie Sanders has talked supportively and uh, Secretary Hillary Clinton has not. And as far as I know, none of the Republicans have uh, for whatever that information is worth. Um, it, uh, it, it, I, I know that uh, some uh, questions I may ask just require you to, to speculate, but um, it, it seemed to me from sitting in the trial and, and studying some of the documents and listening to uh, the arguments and the, uh, the full transcript of the trial has just been posted at exposefacts.org and people can go and read it uh, and see the documents. It, it seemed to me that as a pattern with other behavior, uh, this cannot possibly have been an effort to actually slow down an Iranian nuclear program that, as far as the CIA knew, didn't exist by giving them faulty plans and hoping they wouldn't spot the flaws, even though their own people quite quickly did spot the flaws. Uh, it, it has to have been an effort to plant evidence on Iran in order to point to it and say, hey, look, Iran has a nuclear program. Am I... Am I off the mark there? I mean, obviously, I'm, <laughs> I'm not an expert on that, but, um, it, I mean, seemingly, it, it would you would come to that conclusion, um, you know, with everything that was presented in, in the trial. Um, like I said, the, the overwhelming um, concern, I think, really should be is, is um, the fact that we have people like my husband and John Kiriakou and Thomas Drake and Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning and um, standing up, you know, and doing what's right. I think one of the, the points I would also like to make is a lot of people see the and view the term uh, whistleblower in a negative connotation. 
and the individuals that um, are considered whistleblowers um, actually are some of the most intelligent, ethical, and moral individuals um, that are in our country and are actually exposing these things that, um, to protect the citizens of our country. Um, so I would really urge people to kind of, you know, think about that because I do believe when people hear the word whistleblower, um, if they're not in support of these individuals already, to encourage them to really understand what it is that, that they have done and that they have put their own family and lives at risk for the sake and the good of our country. Yeah, it seems once uh, 20, 30 years go by, then whistleblowers uh, become something positive. So Daniel Ellsberg was vilified, but now he's treated as a hero and then uh, Correct. compared to others. So uh, Edward Snowden is no Daniel Ellsberg, although back in the day, Daniel Ellsberg was treated just as they're now treating Edward Snowden. Is, is it possible that it takes some time and that Jeffrey Sterling will be understood as, as having uh, done something uh, noble and, and generous and in line with the rule of law and his duty uh, once, once enough time has gone by? I mean, I believe, obviously, you know, through the um, petition and 150-plus thousand people are already, you know, are already identifying and seeing that what he did is correct. Um, and I do believe, you know, once people really understand, um, you know, what a whistleblower really, what it really means to be a whistleblower, and um, like I said, the implications um, to them and to taking this, this stance and to stepping up to protect our country means that, yes, they will understand. And I do believe in time that um, Jeffrey will no longer be vilified. Um, but, you know, the government was successful, I will say, at the trial in portraying my husband as um, what they stated was the former disgruntled CIA officer. Um, and I believe they did a really good job of convincing the jury, especially of that, since he was convicted. But that is absolutely not who Jeffrey is. When uh, when I was watching the trial uh, in person and from afar, and and Marcy Wheeler was blogging about it, each document put into evidence and so forth, there was a, a CIA memorandum from back 15 years ago uh, that made clear that they were. Uh, having completed the, the first stage of Operation Merlin and having delivered this information to Iran, or each, at least tried to, rather recklessly, dumping it through their mailbox, uh, they were going to move on to another country. And they, and they whited out the name of the country, but it was a four-letter name, and it began with a vowel, and uh, various other characteristics made crystal clear that it could have been no country other than Iraq that they were going to uh, try the same type of thing, that is, giving flawed nuclear weapons plans to Iraq right after Iran. Uh, and this seemed to me huge news, uh, that they were exposing this fact, that they had done this thing, uh, in, or, or at least you know begun planning to do this thing, whether they followed through or not, in this trial, where they were putting somebody on trial for supposedly uh, the crime of exposing such information. Uh, it seemed to me very ironic and, and huge news, and I wrote about it and uh, put out press releases about it and got absolutely zero interest from the corporate media. 
was I off my rocker? Did you notice the same thing? Do you know anything about it? Um, what do you think? Yes, exactly. Yes, no, I'm not off my. You're not off your rocker, and um, yes, that that is exactly what came out in in the trial. Um, it is ironic because all of the information that came out in the trial was actually the information they said that Jeffrey would have had to have used in order to take his discrimination case to, to <laughs> court. And, and so, Which they um, blocked on the grounds that the information had to be secret. Exactly. But then come 15 years later, they use it to indict and subsequently convict my husband. Yeah, incredible. Uh, when, when Obama was running for president, there were perhaps more glorious promises than we're hearing now from this crowd of candidates. And among them, he was going to protect and reward whistleblowers. Uh, now we seem to have the exact opposite trend. Uh, I mean, since you've been forced into this issue, what have you, what have you seen about this pattern and what, what lasting impacts do you think it's going to have? Well, um, yeah, I, I feel though, you know, basically he just, he lied. I mean, first and foremost, um, in fact, in my letter that, um, I wrote to President Obama, um, back in October of 2015, the 14 page letter that I wrote to President Obama, um, describing my husband of, of who he really is and not the person that he was portrayed as. And, um, you know, that he got it wrong, first of all. I did mention the fact that, you know, he had he had spoke to the American people and said that he would have a transparent government. And, in fact, um, that is not what he's done. It's um, been the opposite. And, again, just moving forward, if we continue with this trend, um, you know, the American public is not going to be privy to anything that the CIA is doing, other entities, um government entities and um, could really be catastrophic for our country. I believe that they, we do have a right to know. And if someone is willing to take the chance and put themselves on the line because they know that we could be walking into danger, then they should have the right to do that and they should be protected. We, we've got about a minute and a half left, Holly Sterling. The uh, press conference that you did recently together with Jesslyn Raddick and Cornell West and John Kiriakou and others, the, the video is posted at rootsaction.org and, and other places, and I highly recommend it. Um, what, have you, what have you gained from the support of all of these individuals and lawyers and, and organizations? And, and again, how can people help who, who want to get involved? Really, um, the main thing you, that you can do right now is you can go and sign uh, the petition to pardon Jeffrey um, is, is the main thing there. But um, I would also just like to say thank you to everyone that has signed the petition, everyone that has um, contributed to the GoFundMe site. Um, really, we have garnered strength in all of this from all of the individuals that have not met Jeffrey, have, will never meet Jeffrey, I imagine, um, but know that he was wrongly convicted. And um, all of your words of encouragement um, continue to keep me and give me strength to continue to fight this fight for my husband and I. And I just want everyone to know that 
um, we are, are deeply thankful for that. Well, I am thankful to you for coming on this show and for speaking out and for doing everything that you've been forced into doing, but not everyone would be would be doing uh, as well as you are. And I hope that your husband's courage and integrity actually inspire some more whistleblowers to step out uh, from this government in Washington, D.C. Uh, Holly Sterling, thank you very, very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, Please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.